discover the inherent power of God in you. Whether there are challenges or not, we are still the same. We are constant. God is constant. God does not change. And that is the life that we have received. It says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That is the same life we have also received. We are also the same yesterday, today, and forever. What kind of life? We, we, we are the same because we have the same life with Christ. So when you think about God, think about you. Because everything he is, that is why he told Abraham, he said, I am your, your exceeding great reward. God gave himself as a reward to Abraham. And we are the seed of Abraham. Therefore, we have inherited God himself. Listen to Pastor Oti Boateng as Christ is magnified in you. Thank you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Can you lift your hands towards heaven? Father, we are grateful for making this opportunity for us. Thank you for your eternal word, which is able to transform us. Thank you for your engrafted word, which is able to change our souls. Blessed Holy Spirit, how grateful we are for your presence in our lives. Blessed Holy Spirit, thank you for tonight. That you are all around us. And you are unfolding the word. You are the spirit of truth. We lean on you. We look to you. Take preeminence. Lead us. Thank you for the spirit of wisdom and revelation. We are ever grateful. We receive your word and our lives have improved. We have become better and better. In Jesus' name, the Son of God. Thank you, Father. Amen. Amen. Can you please be seated? Hallelujah. To God be all the glory. We are all welcome in the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Are you ready for God's word? All right. Turn with me to the book of Joshua chapter 3, verse 10. All right. So yesterday, by God's grace, we began with how we can access, accessing our inheritance. Accessing our inheritance in Christ. And uh, we laid a foundation. And I spoke of uh, the type. What happened to Israel is also happening to us. How many of you remember that? We spoke of the type. Uh, Israel is a type. Their inheritance is just a shadow of our inheritance in Christ. Yeah. And Joshua said, Hereby... Shall ye know, ye shall know that the living God is among you, and that he will without fail drive out from before you the Canaanite, the Hittite, the Hivite, the Perizzite, and the Girgashite, and the Amorite, and the Jebusite. So these seven nations were occupying the land God had promised to Israel. And I, I told you that each of them have their own meanings. And today, we are also accessing our inheritance. And all these nations are symbolic. And we have to deal with them in our lives. A way so that we can fully access our inheritance and enjoy life. As God has intended for us to enjoy our lives in Christ. Praise God. And yesterday... 
we spoke about the Canaanite. How many of you remember the Canaanite? Yeah, a Canaan speaks of uh, butter, butter trade, or butter system. And uh, we did justice to that. That means that God has driven before you the Canaanite. Yeah. Because they are an impediment for your access, for your inheritance. God has driven out before you the Canaanite. And we describe what it is. Butter trade. Yeah. We want God to bless you, but that's what I have to do. As a trade, to exchange for God's blessing. Yeah. And I want to emphasize something a little on it, then we'll continue. So turn with me to the book of Romans, chapter 4, verse 13. Romans 4, verse 13. Now it says that for the promise that he should be the heir of the world was not to Abraham and to his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. That the promise was given to Abraham and us. God has given a promise to Abraham and us because we are his seed. See, I'm the seed of Abraham. So, the promise to Abraham and us that we should inherit the world. Now, ask your neighbor, have you inherited the world? Yeah. Because, you see, the word, the word world here, according to top Greek scholars like Thea, says that this word world actually means is a word for earthly goods, earthly goods, properties, advantages, endowments, properties. So you're talking about earthly goods, riches, endowments, advantages, properties, all that is in this world. God gave it to you. <laughs> God gave it to you. To Abraham and you. Yeah. That means that the cars are for you. Yeah. That means that uh, these nice buildings are yours. Yeah. Can you imagine? That, that's what it means. That's what the world means. Its advantages, its privileges, they are yours. a blessing and God isn't lying for the promise that he should inherit the riches the advantages the properties including including lands and endowments <laughs> okay it's to Abraham and us now he shows us how we can access it I remember last year last year I was in Cape Town, and um, you know Cape Town. I didn't say Cape Coast. <laughs> when I was going, when I returned, my, my, my daughter said, "Welcome from Cape Coast." <laughs> I said, "It's not a coast; it's a town." No, <laughs> it's a coast. <laughs> yeah. So you know, so I got there, but. Um, Prof. Manasseh had prophesied to me 15 years before I went that I was going to go there. So I was wondering why he prophesied, but uh, he said what was going to happen. So I had a remarkable experience with the Holy Ghost whilst I was there. 
Yeah. In one week, I ex- experienced more of the Holy Spirit than in years. Yeah. So literally, the, the Holy Ghost was just talking to me effortlessly. Yeah. So one, one morning, I woke up and the Holy Ghost said, Airship, Airship, natural resources. Natural resources, Airship. He was telling me that the natural resources are ours because we are S. Do you know that your father, when he made the world, he put the gold, he flung the gold, the precious gems, the silver, the oil, all these wonderful things into the earth. Now, he didn't put these things into the earth for his enemies. Now, the gold on the earth, who do you think God, <laughs> God puts? God put the gold in the earth for who? The oil for who? Thank you. Not for his enemies, but for you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But uh, you should know how to access them because it's for you. It's for his church. It's for his church. Because you are the seed of Abraham. Yeah. But the problem is this. He says that the question is this. Why are Christians not inheriting the world? Why are Christians not inheriting the world? Because he says he gave it to us. The answer is there. Because we are, we are trying to get these things through the law. We are trying to get them by our effort. By striving. We are trying to get them by earning and meriting and deserving. Yeah. So you go like, okay, how, how? You, you want to do something, and, and the tricky part is that you want to do something spiritual to get them. Yes. But the price has been paid for you. Yeah. So maybe you, you want to get something, so you go like, okay, I'm, not, I'm going to read 10 chapters a day and pray three hours a day to get it. Yeah. And I'm telling you, it can be frustrated. <laughs> After that, you see that nothing is happening. Aha. Uh-huh. I'm not saying don't fast, don't pray. Let it be born out of relationship. And let it be Holy Ghost directed activity. Holy Ghost directed activity. And born out of relationship and love. But if you try to end it like many Christians are doing, there will be frustration. Now, God told Abraham in Genesis 13, verse 14. Let's look, look at Genesis 13, verse 14. When Lot departed from Abraham, Lot was a lot for Abraham. Yeah. Oh, this is just English, right? No, because Lot means a veil. So once he was with Abraham, Abraham couldn't see. So when the veil was taken off, then the Lord said unto Abraham, after that Lot was separated from him, after that the veil was gone, lift up now thine eyes, because you can now see. And look from the place where thou art at, northward, southward, westward, eastward, and westward. The next verse. Verse 15. For all the land which thou seest, today I will give it unto thy seed forever. Now, verse 14. Now, if you take a pencil, okay, and you, you, you draw from north, 
to south and from west to east, you have the cross. So northward, southward, westward, eastward is the cross. Yeah, God is saying your inheritance is in the cross. It's in the cross. Hallelujah. Because in the cross, everything has been given you. That is why the Bible says that it is, we get it by righteousness through faith. The right, through the righteousness of faith. Not by earning, but by the righteousness of faith. Say, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Yeah. Because when Jesus took your sin and you took his righteousness, he took all that you deserve so that you take all that he deserves. He deserves. And everything is for him. So now that everything is for him, it has become yours. Because he took all that you deserve on the cross so that you might take all that he deserves to become his righteousness. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In Galatians 3, verse 23. All right. Now let's start from 22. But the scripture had concluded all under sun that the promise of faith by faith of Jesus Christ might be given to them that believe. 23. But before faith came, we were kept under the law, shut up unto the faith which should afterward be revealed. 24. Wherefore, the law was our schoolmaster to bring us unto Christ that we might be justified by faith. The law was our schoolmaster to bring us unto Christ that we might be justified by, justified by faith. The next verse. But after faith is come, we are no longer under a schoolmaster. Now back to 24. Wherefore, the law was our schoolmaster to bring us to Christ. Say schoolmaster. Schoolmaster. Do you remember your schoolmaster? Yes. You do, right? Yes. <laughs> he says that man. Now, actually, the Greek doesn't say schoolmaster. The word is pedagogos. Pedagogos is where we get the word uh, pediatric. Pediatrician, pediatrician, but the word actually means a guardian. A guardian, the law is our guardian. All right, now in, in, in the Roman Empire, wealthy people had slaves in their homes, and the Roman slaves were different from the slaves from other nations. And some of the Roman, Roman slaves were highly educated, Roman slaves. Some of them were highly educated. So in Rome, you see some slaves who are doctors, medical doctors, but they are slaves. Yeah. Slaves who are lecturers. Slaves who are, I mean, engineers. Yes, that's the word, engineers. But they are slaves. So some of the slaves were highly educated. Uh-huh. And uh, they became guardians. They were the schoolmaster here. But they were guardians. Now, what did... What was their work? In those days, in, Roman, in the Roman Empire, Paul was a Roman citizenship. So he spoke in the light of what was happening in Rome. And understand that in those days, wealthy people would put their children, the moment they turn the age, they turn six years, the age, the age six, when they are six, they put them under guardians. 
called the pedagogos. They put them under their care. And um, these guardians, who are also slaves, would teach them academically. Would take care of them, monitor their lives, when they should sleep, when they should wake up, when they should play, when they should learn, when they should eat. And these wealthy parents give these guardians authority to even punish their children. Yeah. So, these wealthy families, they put their children under the care of these people. What can James call schoolmasters? Because from age six, praise God. Now, that is the idea of Paul. Paul was saying that when they were children, now he's talking about Israel. When they were children, God put them under the law. <laughs> they had to learn a lot of things through the law. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. They had to learn through the law. God put them under the law. Look at chapter 4, verse 3. Even so, when we were children, speaking of the Jew, we were in bondage. Now, let's go to verse 2. Better still, verse 1. Now, I say that the heir, as long as he's a child, differed nothing from the servants, though he be lord of all. But it's under tutors and governance until the time appointed of the father. That's what I'm talking about. Tutors and governance until the time appointed of the father. Uh -huh. Now, when the child turns 18 years, there is a ceremony for the child, actually a party. And the party is called coming to age party. Yeah, it was called sonship party. Sonship party. It was big. That party now implied that so at that ceremony the father would take a toga and put it on his son it's a garment put it on the son that means that the son has now become a man aha uh -huh. it means that from that day of the sonship party the guardian ceases to take care of him stops on that day he no more has authority over him aha uh -huh. it has ended <laughs> his ministry has ended <laughs> Uh, it has it ceased. He, he, when he says anything to him, he has the power not to remind him uh -huh, because he has come to, of age. And secondly, when he's 18, he's now he has already been a legal heir, but at that age, he can now access all the riches and the wealth and everything that the father has. He can now enjoy it because he has come of age. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, back to Galatians 3 24. Wherefore, the law was our schoolmaster, our guiding, the pedagogos, to bring us to Christ. You understand what it says now? Uh -huh. That we might be justified by faith. <laughs> the next verse. But after that faith is come, you know this teaching, this is 18 years, come to each party. After that faith is come, we are no longer under school, which is the law. Which is the law? We are no longer under the law after faith is come. You understand? <laughs> so the Jews were children in the sight of God. But when Christ came and grace came, to receive Christ and to receive grace means it's come to sonship. Uh -huh. It means the law is gone. You are no longer under the guardian. You can now enjoy your inheritance. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We cannot enjoy our inheritance. 
Now, when you are under the law, you will never enjoy your inheritance in Christ. You are a believer, but you are law conscious. You will never enjoy it. It's not possible. You remember the prodigal son and his senior brother? Now, you know the elder brother. Quickly, Luke chapter 15. Luke 15, verse 29. Verse 30. Now the elder brother is complaining of his junior brother because when he came home, the father put a, gave him everything. Now I, I described that yesterday, you remember. So he's complaining and he's saying, as soon as this thy son was come, which had devoured thy living with a halot, thou hast killed for him the fatted calf. The next verse. And he said unto him, Son, thou art ever with me, and all that I have is thine. Now this is the father speaking to the elder brother. Son. Say son. Son. Okay. Back to verse 24. For this my son was dead, but is alive. He's talking about the prodigal son. Now he called the prodigal son, the, the junior son, son, and calls the elder son, elder by the son. But there are two, two Greek words, two different Greek words. This my son was dead is the word he used. He is a son that is matured. But the elder brother, he says, son, you are ever with me, is the word for a little boy. Uh-huh. So now, the father calls the one who has wasted his resources. And coming back home, he calls him senior. The scandal of grace. Now he calls the one who has been with him seven, working and working to end by his strength. He calls him junior. Technon, immature child. What a mystery. What a mystery. <laughs> because he was under the law. The other brother was under the law. Trying to end something. But the junior brother came. Believing and freely receiving. The father saw him raised, matured. Working in his inheritance. But saw the one who is trying to get it by works as junior. Praise God. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's amazing. So, anytime you are law, law conscious, earning conscious, meriting conscious, you be where you are. By the time you come next year, you are, you are where you are. By anytime you are full of thanksgiving and appreciation, looking at what Jesus has done, thanking God for it, knowing that you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, by the time you come next year, your life is high. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, back to Romans chapter 4. Verse 13. For the promise that he should be the heir of the world was not to Abraham and to his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. Now look at the next verse, verse 14. Look at what it says here. For if they which are of the law be heirs, faith is made void, and the promise and the promise made of none effect. Hmm. Now, what makes faith void in your heart? What makes faith void in your heart? What makes faith useless in your heart? 
What destroys faith in your heart? That's what he's talking about. Now, what destroys, destroys faith in your heart? The law. What makes faith void, inoperative, ineffective in your heart? The law. So when you're trying to end things, your faith is gone. Your faith is ended. The next question is, and the promise made of non-effect. What makes the promise of God in your life of non-effect? The law. Or maybe you don't understand. God has a lot of things for your life. A lot of prophecies for your life. You have prophecies, things you are believing for, right? A lot of things on you you are hoping and trusting. Okay. And God's word has a lot of things concerning your life. But the number one thing that can make all those promises of non-effect, inoperative, ineffective, useless, destroyed, is the law. Because when there is a law, the Bible says the promises of non-effect. Praise God. Uh, so you don't try earning and meriting. Hallelujah. So the thing is this. Those who have come to age in God's sight are those who are walking by faith according to grace. The next verse. Because the law worketh wrath, for where no law is, is no transgression. The next verse. Okay. Therefore, it is of faith that it might be by grace to the end that a promise might be sure to all the seed. Another question. All the promises in your life, all the prophecies, what will make those promises and prophecies sure in your life? All the things God has to do in your life, and you know it, all the promises, all the prophecies, you're expecting wonderful things. What can make all those promises and prophecies sure, sure, that is manifested, come to pass in your life? The answer is here. It is faith through grace. That's it. Therefore, it is of faith that it might be by grace. Why? That the promise might be sure in your life. You have to meditate on it. Yeah. So what will make God's promises none effect in your life is when you try to earn it. You know what it means to earn it. Huh. But what will make it sure in your life? Yeah, God has said a lot of, lot of things about your life and even about love economy. How can it be sure in your life? How can it be realized? Faith through grace. So everything is in the cross. So everything is what Jesus has done, not what you are trying to achieve. Period. Hallelujah. I've taken a long time on the Canaanite because uh, the law is so much with us that we try to end a lot of things ourselves. Instead of seeing what God has done in Christ and knowing that it is already ours and knowing we are his righteousness. Praise God. Alright, let's go to the Hittite. The Hittite. The Hittite. So, there were seven nations. The Hittite. So now, God says, let the Canaanite go. Aha. Go. Let them go. Now, what is... Who are the Hittites? It's so interesting that scientists have opposed the Bible for a long time. And some scientists even say that the word Hittite, the Hittites were never in existence for so many years. <laughs> but they have recently discovered by archaeological excavations 
that hit the Hittites were so powerful that they were even a greater civilization than Egypt. They fought against the Bible saying that the Philistines never existed. But recent Natural Geo, National Geography, discovered that discovered the barren ground of the Philistines, including the giants. Goliath was a Philistine. He had other four brothers. Uh-huh. So they, they discovered their skeleton. And amazing, some of them, their, their shoulders, arm, is up to their knee. Yeah, the giants. You know, Goliath and his... <laughs> yeah. You discovered it. So when we say Hittite, they were, they were there. Hittite. Now what is Hittite? The word Hittite is from the word Hef. Hef. Which means fear. <laughs> fear. Yeah. So what it means is that um, in accessing your inheritance and the, and the promised land God has given you, um, the next thing you have to overcome is fear. Fear. Because you see, when you live in fear, you forfeit your inheritance. In fact, fear gives access to the devil and brings the devil into your life. Fear. Look at Job. Job was the wealthiest man in the East. Very wealthy. But look at what happened to him. Job 3 verse 25. Job 3 25. When he lost everything, he lost all that he had. This was his testimony. For the thing which I greatly feared is come upon me. And that which I was afraid of is come unto me. So all that happened to him, he was already entertaining those things in fear. And when you are in fear, <laughs> you activate the devil. You activate demons. Let me show you Satan's work. Isaiah 28 verse 14. You know? That's Isaiah, Ezekiel. 28 verse 14. Thou art the anointed cherub that covereth. Now this is Lucifer, Satan. Before he became Satan, this was his role, his ministry. Thou art the anointed, he was a cherub. Cherub that covereth. And have said thee so. Thou hast walked up and down. Thou hast Thou was upon the holy mountain of God. Thou hast walked up and down in the midst of the stones of fire. He was a cherub. You know what the cherubs do? Have you seen the Ark of the Covenant before? You see the cherubs on the Ark of the Covenant. Now the Ark of the Covenant is a picture of God's throne. A picture of God's throne. So, the cherubs, what they do is, the word covereth. They cover the throne. Uh-huh. They, they were guardians of God's throne. You know how God's throne operates? Justice and righteousness. Psalm 97, verse 2. Uh, justice and righteousness. Psalm 97, verse 2. Yeah. Clouds and darkness are run about him. Righteousness and judgment are the habitation of the, of the throne. Or the foundation of the throne. Other version says the foundation of the throne. So the throne operates by justice and righteousness. And they cover the throne. They protect God's throne. So Lucifer's ministry in heaven was that he was protecting God's throne. He was a cherub. He was guarding God's justice and God's righteousness. Now back to Ezekiel 28, 14. 
and this was one of his ministry that has walked up and down in the midst of stones of fire you know what it means now in hebrew this the word here in hebrew means that lucifer was walking up and down enforcing god's justice and righteousness among the angelic host that's the hebrew he was a lucifer was a lawyer and he was a guardian of god's justice and righteousness so he makes sure that his justice is prevailing everywhere he guards his justice make sure that his justice is honored so that was his ministry even among the angels he walked up and down enforcing that his righteous god's righteousness and, and god's justice is enforced praise god job 1 verse 7 job 1 verse 7 remember that uh, the bible says that the sons of god let's start from verse 5 verse 6 now there was a day when the sons of God, the angels, came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan came also amongst them. The next verse. It cannot happen now, because Jesus has died. It cannot happen. That thing is cut off forever. And the Lord said unto Satan, Where did you come from? Then Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro in the air, from walking up and down in it, now, are you following? Yeah. From going to and fro in the earth and from walking up and down in it. Remember that. What was his original ministry? Up and down in the midst of stones of fire. So actually, he's answering the Father God and saying that I'm doing what I've, I've always been doing. I'm doing what I've always been doing. Uh-huh. My, <laughs> my duty and ministry <laughs> is to enforce your righteousness. And that's what I'm, I'm doing now. So although he's fallen, he still sees himself as a as a lawyer. Aha. Uh-huh. Aha. Uh-huh. So that if you break God's law, he sees himself as a one to execute punishment on you. Aha. Uh-huh. Then God said, Have you considered my servant Job? Now, even Satan told the Lord that ah, you set a hedge around about him. There's a hedge. So he couldn't actually do anything because there was a hedge. But he finally prevailed against Job because he deals with justice, righteousness. And Job had started working in fear and living in fear. That's where Satan got him. So fear is a legal ground for the devil to come into your life. That's what the Bible says, neither give the devil a foothold. Don't give him a place. You open up to fear, he has a legal authority to come into your life. <laughs> Praise God. Fear. Never walk in fear. Praise God. Never walk in fear. What you are afraid of after a while will start manifesting in your life. Yeah. Years ago, when I married, married first, whenever I'm going to sleep, hey, are thieves coming here? Are thieves coming to my house? Ah. Then they started coming. Yeah. They, they came ten times. We'll come and we'll show all my wife's bag at the compound of the house, lying on the floor. Every time, I'll check, hey, is, is, is the car all right? The car's all right? 
that one day I realized that I'm the cause of the of the armed robbers coming home. Fear. Aha. Uh-huh. The day my fear ended, that's all. They, they can never come again. They can never come again. Never come again. Isaiah 54, verse 14. In righteousness shall thou be established. Thou shalt, now when you establish in righteousness, this is the result. Thou shalt be far from oppression, for thou shalt not fear. Now look at the English word. Thou shalt be far from oppression, for thou shalt not fear. The reason you'll be far from oppression is because you will not fear. So fear causes oppression. Fear is a cause of oppression in the lives of people. Uh-huh. Thou shalt be far from oppression, for thou shalt not fear. When there is no fear, there is no oppression. But when there is fear, there is oppression. So when you entertain fear in your life, you are entertaining oppression. Yeah. The word oppression in, 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 the, in, in the Greek is kata dunastio. Kata means to hold someone down, to dominate the person. And dunastio is to have dominion, dominion over the person. So when you live in fear, circumstances will have dominion over you. One oppression is Acts 10.38. How God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. Who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the healing all that were oppressed of the devil? Healing all so sickness is an oppression from the devil. Yeah. So sickness is one of the oppressions. Fear causes oppression. One of the oppression is sickness. Depression is an oppression. Poverty is an oppression. Yeah. Worry, anxiety, they cannot be oppression. By giving heed to what? To fear. To fear. So fear will cause you to disinherit. Will dispossess you. Fear. Allowing fear. There was this guy, Ken Hagen, of Blessed Ken Hagen prayed for this guy who was epileptic. He prayed for him. And the Lord opened his eyes and saw that it was a demonic spirit that was tormenting him. He casted out that spirit and the guy was free. For one month, he was free. But after a month, the, the epilepsy came back. Ah, so Hagen was wondering, why would I pray for this guy? And why would the epilepsy come again? Then Jesus actually spoke to Hagen. And the Lord Jesus told Hagen that for three nights, he was entertaining fear on his bed at night. So as he was on his bed, hey, hey, will something happen to me? Entertaining fear. And fear actually activates demons. It attracts demons. <laughs> like the way flies are attracted to certain things. Uh-huh. Sometimes even animals can smell fear, I'm telling you. Yeah, yeah. So demons, ah, they can smell fear. Like magnetic attraction. They are magnetized to you because of fear. That's why when fear is coming, if you say, I refuse to fear in the name of Jesus. And start declaring, I am the righteousness of God in Christ. Uh-huh. That's what you should be doing. So, the epilepsy came back. Why? Because of fear. Because of fear. So, what happens is that when you live in fear, fear deactivates your angels and activates demons. I'm telling you that, you know, in Psalm 103 verse 20, 
The Bible says that angels excel in strength. They excel in strength. Hearkening to the voice of his word. When you speak God's word, eh? when you speak the voice of his word, when you give voice to God's word, angels are activated. The more you speak God's word, declare God's word of a situation and circumstances, angels are activated. But when you are in fear, your angels cannot work. In the name of Jesus. Already. In Jesus. In Jesus. The angels, your angels are watching you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> watching you. Uh-huh. But I use God's name, the name of Jesus, and nothing happened. It was in fear. It was in fear. Yeah. That is why, look, Jairus' daughter, in Mark 5.34, when Jesus healed a woman with issue of blood, Jairus, the daughter was sick, and Jesus actually was going to heal Jairus. Uh-huh. Let's look at verse 35. While he yet speak, there came from the ruler of the synagogue, synagogue's house, certain which said, Thy daughter is dead. Why troublest thou the master any further? The next verse. As soon as Jesus heard the word which was spoken, because fear comes by hearing. The same as fear comes, faith comes by what hearing. As soon as Jesus heard the word which was spoken, he said unto the ruler of the synagogue, Be not afraid, only believe. If he had been afraid, his daughter could have died. So as soon as Jesus said, don't be afraid. Because if he had entertained fear, his daughter would have died. Fear accomplishes nothing. Look at when God called Gideon. God said, look, the Midianites, you will smite them as one man. So God's intention was that Gideon alone would smite all the Midianites. Can you imagine one man? But he didn't have faith for it. So he went to actually gather 30,000 people. <laughs> Thousand. Uh-huh. His confidence was in the masses. And God said, okay, everyone who is afraid should go back. It was left with how many? It was left with 10,000. 10,000. So why? Because God does not deal, operate with fear. Fear. In those days, John Jinlik, when the, uh, the, the bubonic, like the Ebola, the plague in South Africa was all over. He was the one who was with his two friends. They were burying the dead. If you touch anyone with the, the bubonic plague, you are affected with the virus. And a lot of missionaries even died. But Gene Lake was burying them, he and his friends, gladly. So much that was reported by um, UK viewers. They were shocked. But know his answer. He said, fear attract virus but faith repels them <laughs> hallelujah yeah. that's why for instance you are going to you are pregnant you are going to the hospital you know there's a whole lot of things that come with pregnancy antenatal they will say so many things and when you are pregnant you are going to deliver if you are a woman Listen to the same messages on faith. The only way the devil can mess up with you is when you start entertaining fear. Fear. Uh-huh. The fact that your husband has faith doesn't mean you should have fear. No, it will, it will nullify it. Uh-huh. 
Ya. Ya. My wife was going to deliver. And she, you know, sometimes wild dreams come. Some of these wild dreams. I sat down with her. I said, no. No fear. And I get 20 minutes, 30 minutes, I, I put her on a word of faith dosage. I'm telling you, ah, by the time we stood up, every fear was gone. And all the process was smooth. Yeah. Yeah. The Bible says in Proverbs 3.25, be not afraid of sudden fear. Can you imagine? Don't be afraid of sudden fear or the desolation of the wicked when it comes in. That means, so William show, you're afraid. Say, so if you don't be afraid of that fear. You know, don't be afraid of that fear. Because in the Greek, fear is not the feeling of the emotion of being afraid. <laughs> no, fear is allowing that feeling to immobilize you from taking the right steps and action. So when the feeling is there, don't succumb to the feeling because you are not, your, you are not a feeling. Then begin to speak God's word into the situation. Praise God. So God says before you enter the promised land, to enjoy the good life he has for you. You must conquer the Hittite. <laughs> yeah. So what are you afraid Ask your neighbor, what are you afraid of? Some of you are afraid of marriage. Yeah, because we've heard so many negative things. Uh-huh. So you need to build faith so you can marry. Some of you are afraid of relationships. Because your heart has broken three times. One, two, three. You know, you know, affliction must not rise a second time, but it's a third time. So you are just. Women are dangerous. And there's no devil like man. No, it, it really happened. A couple, and they were fighting. Uh huh. So the man went to work and went, took a, this thing, how they call it? Went to priest at the back of his car. Fear woman. Because he was fighting with his wife. Very big one, bold. The wife saw it. The wife also went out the next day and priest at the back of her car. There is no devil like man. <laughs> Revenge. So, so for fear of relationship, fear of marriage, fear of giving birth, all sort of fears. Now, these are stumbling blocks to your inheritance. Yeah, fear of entering into ministry, uh-huh. full-time ministry, fear of being hungry. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, you, you you need the right word. Okay, the word of God to neutralize and to nullify the faith. Your life must be with that fear of night, midnight, fear of the darkness, fear of shadows, fear of cockroaches, fear of lizards, war gecko, fear of heights, fear of cobwebs. So, if you want to see cobwebs in your room, oh, the witches have come. The witches have come. 
So witches are more powerful than you. Darkness is more powerful than light. Child of God. Fear of being in the plane. <laughs> so, but the solution is through God's word. Fear of accident. Uh-huh. So Job said, the thing I greatly feared is what come unto me. Make sure what you are afraid of because it can what come unto you. So, because if you, 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 you try, it will manifest. So you need God's word to deal with it. It will build faith and, and, and you. Proper confession. You speak. Don't, don't entertain fear. Brethren, this is how to prevail. Right when I sleep, even if I hear sounds outside, <laughs> I just smile and I sleep. I'm telling you, how did it come? Through the word. I, I know God is too faithful to break his word. I just, I just sleep. I don't sleep on my pillow. I sleep on the word. I, I'm not saying I sleep on the physical Bible. No. <laughs> there was this guy who thought that his Bible would protect him. So he put his Bible under his pillow. The next one, the, leaf, the first leaf was torn. Genesis 1. Genesis 1. The next morning, the, the other morning, Genesis 2 was torn. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's the word in your heart, not the word under your pillow. <laughs> so every fear. So it's not uh, in pregnancy. The only thing to deal with is fear. Yeah. Brethren, when fear goes, you reign. Make sure it's not in your heart. Then I'm telling you, all the hindrances will go away. Yeah. Yeah. How many of you are conquering the Hittite already? Fear is gone in Jesus' name. So a lot of people are wondering why good things are not happening to them. But God says, I've given it. Even sometimes prophecies will confirm. But the only thing is fear. People have died on their hospital bed because of fear. Yeah. Because they keep hearing too much, too much negative things. So it boosted their fear and they died. Yeah. Yeah. All right, the Hivite. The Hivite. The next one is the Hivite. Back to Joshua 3.10. Joshua 3.10. All right, the Hivite. So we've conquered fear in our lives. Yeah, to possess our possessions. That good life of peace. The Hivite. Now the word Hivite actually means squatters. <laughs> squatters. It's the word for squatters squatting over your property. The property is yours, but squatters try to squat on it, preventing you from having it. Squatters. And when the Bible speaks of squatters, squatters are actually demons, evil spirit, unclean spirit. That try to squat on what belongs to you. Yeah, your property, your family life, your marriage, your relationship. Squatters. Spirit. Now, many believers are on their way, but if you don't learn how to deal with 
demon spirit, you may have challenges here and there. Because sometimes many don't even perceive and design the activities around. Yeah, 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 yeah. But the easiest thing in the world is to cast out, cast out spirit. That's the easiest thing in the world. That's the easiest thing. That's the first sign that to follow the believer. These signs shall follow them that believe. The first sign is that in my name they will cast out what? Demons. Yeah. yeah. He's not talking about casting out demons in people. Demons in situations. Let, let, let me just unfold it for you to understand. Now, do you realize that all the miracles in the Bible can be found in the Old Testament except one? Or two. In the Old Testament, someone stopped the sun. Someone divided the sea. The dead was raised from back to life. All the miracles were done. Food was multiplied. But there was one miracle that was not done in the Old Testament. Casting out of devils. Not one person was delivered from demonic oppression or demonic possession or something like that. Not one in the Old Testament. Not one. That miracle was reserved for Jesus Christ. You know why? It's because of Matthew 12, verse 28. Matthew 12, verse 28. Look at what it said. If I, by the Spirit of God, cast out, if I cast out devils by the Spirit of God, then the kingdom of God has come unto you. Now, Jesus actually came to usher in the kingdom. So, casting out of devils was a living proof that the kingdom has come. Hallelujah. Yeah, that's why it was reserved for Jesus to do that miracle. Uh-huh. It was to demonstrate the kingdom. <laughs> that means that the dominion of demons are over. Now, the rulership of the kingdom of God is, has manifested. And it was demonstrated and evidenced by the casting out of devils. The kingdom of God is manifested. We have demonstrated the kingdom. The kingdom is here. And understand that when Jesus came, it will surprise you if you take time to un- understand that a lot of his ministry was casting out of spirit demons. In fact, that was even brought him, what brought him into public fame. Now look at Mark chapter 1. Verse 23. And there was in their synagogue a man with an unclean spirit. And he cried out. All right. Saying, let us alone, what have we to do with thee, thou, thou Jesus of Nazareth? Are thou come to destroy us? I know thee who thou art, the Holy One of God. And Jesus rebuked him, saying, Hold that peace, come out of him. Verse 26. And when the unclean spirit had torn him and cried with a loud voice, he came out. Alright. This was when Jesus, just after his baptism, and after he had gone through the wilderness, and come. He just began preaching the kingdom, and this is just the beginning of his ministry. Uh-huh. Now look at verse 34. Verse 34. And he healed many that were sick of diverse diseases, and cast out many devils. The word devils here is actually demons. And suffered not the devils to speak because they knew him. Verse 39. Look at verse 39. 
and he preached in their synagogues throughout all Galilee. Now, all Galilee, everywhere. What was he doing? Casting out devils. Now, I want to show you something in verse 34. And he healed many that were sick of diverse diseases and cast out many devils. But the casting out of devils is not separated from. Healing the sick is never separated from casting out demons. Oh, they are one. Carefully study the ministry of Jesus. If you minister healing without casting out of devils, you wouldn't have total results. You wouldn't have complete results. Yeah. Because a lot of the sicknesses are caused by spirit. Aha. But many have no idea. Benahin said he learned from Bonky. We had Bonky. He realized that when Bonky was healing the sick, he was casting out the spirit behind the diseases. But he was so am- am- amazed, actually. <laughs> if you study Pastor Chris's healing school, a lot of the times you see out, out, out. He's casting out the spirit because those diseases have spirit behind them. There are some incurable diseases, it's just, it's just spirit. Cancer is, is, is a spirit. Death and damn is a spirit. You cast the, the spirit out, the people are free. Yeah. That's what Benahin took Pastor Christ to see some missionaries. And they couldn't walk. Yeah. Benahin said he had prayed for years. Nothing was happening. Pastor Christ got there. He said, out. He started walking. Benahin was actually shocked. Why? Yeah, he said it. There was a spirit behind it. But they were missionaries. There was a spirit behind it. So Jesus was doing both. Healing the sick and casting out of devils. Yeah, because some of the things, they are spirits that have taken over the bodies of the people. So, be healed, be healed. Nothing happens. Out. And then it's done. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> now, some of the things, the miracles and the breakthroughs you have, you have to learn to cast out spirits and demons. Especially when you are praying for your family members. Uh-huh. Some of them pray that nothing is happening. Uh-huh. You are using the wrong method. Number one, if I pray for your family members, don't pray and say, God save them, Father save them, Father save them. It's a wrong prayer. He already saved them. What did Jesus come to do? He already saved them. So you don't pray that God should save them. You don't pray that God should save them. What do you have to pray? Pray that the Father will send laborers. That's what you said we should pray. Pray the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth what laborers to his harvest. So pray that that brother, that sister, that mother, that father, God will send forth laborers to them. You understand? So before you realize them, they will sit in a car and someone will come and preach. They will be passing somewhere and they will hear the right message at the right time to make the right situation. Uh-huh. But that's not all. You have to, the God of this age has blinded the minds of them that believe not. Most of the people, Satan has blinded their eyes. So you bind those spirits that is preventing them from seeing the glory of God. Uh-huh. When you bind and break their power over them, their eyes are opened. Because the God of this age has blinded them. So you break the power of demonic spirits over them. That prevents them from yielding and making decisions for Jesus. You break it and ask God to send for laborers. That's what you do. So Benahim sees his parents were unbelievers. They opposed him one day. 
out of frustration, he stood in his, in his room and said, Satan, I break your power over my family. I claim, claim them for Jesus. The next morning, they gave their life to Christ. Wow. Yeah. Can a Hagin prayed and fasted for his brother's conversion for 15 years. Nothing happened. He said he fasted for his brother's conversion for 15 years. Nothing happened. So one day, <laughs> actually God spoke to him. He was using the wrong method. One day he stood up and said, Satan, I break your dominion over my, my brother. I break your dominion over him in the name of Jesus. And I claim him for the Lord Jesus Christ. <laughs> in 10 days, his brother was saved. Wow. Uh-huh. So, <laughs> yes. In 10 days. In 10 days. Praise God. Hallelujah. So sometimes, you are tightened. You are giving. You are doing everything well. But your finances doesn't seem to correspond to what is happening. You are wondering, ah, what's really happening? Ken Hagen was there, Jesus appeared to him and said, I've come to talk to you about your finances. Yeah. He said, sometimes the devil actually is messing up with your finances. When you discern that the devil, ah, things are not going well with your finances. You've done everything, it's not happening. And Jesus told Ken Hagen, say this, say this, Satan, take your hands away from my finances. And Jesus told him, say it once, don't say it twice. Authority, hallelujah. <laughs> yeah, say it once. So sometimes you can, Satan, I rebuke you. Take your hands from my finances. Uh-huh. Sometimes that's a cause. Then you begin to see that ah, things are now working better for you financially. Yeah. Because there are squatters squatting on your money. They don't want your liberty. They, they don't want you to help others who are in need and trouble to fulfill that kind of ministry. So they are squatting over your finances. And sometimes it can be your health. Hagin said he was driving, all of a sudden, this part of his head. Come and see. He couldn't. He couldn't. There was a guy, Hagin prayed for, he got healed. Crippled. He worked for one month. But he had been crippled all his life, but he worked for one month. One day he was working in the public. He became crippled again. <laughs> what do you do if you are the one? Hey. That publicly he said, Satan, in the name of Jesus, I rebuke you. You have no hold over my life. You have no dominion. I break your power over my life. By his stripes, I am hit. He began to speak publicly and he rose up again. Wow. Yeah. Now, if it was you, maybe. My family people, my house people, my village people, we are here again. I'm finished. I'm finished. Oh, my village people. Where is Pastor? Where is Pastor? Pastor is not omnipresent, he cannot be everywhere. So, you are there and you feel some sharp pain. Hey, one part of your body is becoming paralyzed. What do you do? You start looking for the number of your doctor. On, on the phone. 
you have to use the word. Use your dominion in the name of Jesus. I rebuke every pain, every sickness. Have them. You have to use your authority. That's what you have to do. Otherwise, it will dominate you. It will prevail over you. It will have dominion over you. Are you here? Say, I reign. And say, I rule. In the name of Jesus. Squatters. Sometimes, eh? You have no idea how demons operate. It can even be our, ch- our children. Uh, you see how your child entertains uh, strange fear. They can, you know, they can be obsessed and influenced by demons or fear. Yeah. Uh, even my daughter, everything, I'm afraid. She's afraid to go to the room even when there is light. I'm afraid. Uh, I just took care. So in the name of Jesus, I break the influence of every spirit of fear. In that time, she never said I was she was afraid again. Yeah. Squatters can, can squat over your property with your family. And sometimes your own life. You know, your own life. Let, let me show you something about about sometimes you have temper problems. Expressing temper. It can be the work of the flesh. But a spirit can take over. Yeah. A spirit can take over. When spirit takes over, you realize that now it becomes un- uncontrollable. Uh, you lose your temper at every unnecessary thing, you lose your temper. Anything that is unnecessary, you lose your temper. Angry at your dog, angry at your cat, angry at cockroaches, you're just angry. Your stove, everything, you lose your temper. There's this guy, he will lose his temper and hold the neck of his wife. And pull her down and attempt to kill her. And, and, and his wife will be gasping for strength. Yeah. There was this guy, he was so angry that he took the uh, newly born baby out of anger and threw the baby from the window. They were on top. Oh, it happened in the US. Skyscraper just threw the baby away because he is angry. <laughs> this is spirit. Yeah. Someone can be having something like pornography or masturbation. It can begin as a work of the flesh. But when it continues, a spirit uh, takes over. And when a spirit takes over, you cannot control it yourself. Even when you want to stop, you cannot stop. And you do it, and after doing it, then you regret. Then it, it's a chronic, repetitive cycle of defeat. You want to stop, but you cannot. You, you, want, you know you don't like it. A spirit has taken over. Aha. Uh-huh. Derek Prince was a, one of the remarkable teachers in the church age. And uh, he said that he could be depressed. So all his life, so depressed, deep, that, look, he felt the world has come to an end. Can you imagine? And he was in the faith. But depression is also a spirit. But the Bible calls it in Isaiah 61, the spirit of heaviness. The spirit of heaviness. Depression. Hmm. So what do you do? Because you can be there and realize that, ah, last is all around you. 
Mass is all around you. It could be a spirit hovering around you trying to influence you. You have to take your, 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 your authority. <laughs> yeah. So, in the name, so, Derek Prince said, because sometimes eh, the thing is so heavy, you will need a, a higher minister to help you. But sometimes you can do it yourself. Yeah. He said, he called upon, upon God, he used the scripture, whosoever shall call upon the name of the, of the Lord shall be saved, shall be delivered. He just heard a sound. Something just left him. He became light. He's Derek Prince. He became light. He became light. Yeah. He became light. So sometimes something's happened regularly in your life. Uh-huh. My father and the Lord told, told him that uh, when he was 16 years in the Lord, when he was 16, many years ago, 16 years in the Lord, I was not born. When he was 16 years in the Lord, it's an evil thought. Constant. Too much. No, no, it was a spirit. When it was casted out, the thing left him. And he was free. Uh-huh. So sometimes you have to use your authority in the name of Jesus to break it over your life. It can happen. You have to design it. It could be anger. It could be masturbation. It could be something. That is not working. Yeah. See, you shall cast out devils. When you break their hold, you are free. It's not difficult. You don't have to turn around, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. No, no, no. In the name, mean it. It's as simple as that. It's done. And sometimes, you know what you can do? You can use communion for your own deliverance. Yeah, communion. You remember that the Syrophoenician woman following Jesus. My daughter is grievously vexed with the devil. Please help me. Uh-huh. She called Jesus our son of David. It was so wrong. She had come to steal the blessing. Jesus, did, Jesus never came, firstly, for the Gentiles. He came for the Jew. The time for the Gentiles was not yet. It was to be after he dies and resurrects. So this one who was a Gentile king and called him son of David. Wrong. Son of David is exclusive title to the Jew. But she was a Gentile, so she called him son of the And Jesus didn't mind him, mind her. So as he was just begging Jesus, Jesus was just going. Because she was using the wrong thing. Son of David. That means you are pretending to be a Jew, part of the covenant, but you are not. Then she was fast and she turned and, and said, And Jesus said, ah, Why should I take the bread of the children and give it to dogs? The Greek says, and give it to puppies. The Gentiles were called dogs, but Jesus is a very nice word, puppies. You know. <laughs> and she said, Truth, O Lord. And she called him Lord. Because Lord is a title all everyone can use. It's amazing. Truth, O Lord. And she said, By revelation, but the dogs eat the crumbs that falls from the master's table. The revelation of the crumbs was enough to deliver her daughter from those demons and spirits. Instantly, her daughter was free. We don't have the crumbs. We don't have the crumbs. We sit at the master's table. We have the bread itself. If the crumbs should co cast our spirit, how much the bread? So take it by revelation, and as you take it, begin to speak your own deliverance in the name of Jesus and declare yourself free. I believe it. Another thing is this praise and worship. 
Saul was vexed, tormented with an evil spirit. In fact, in Hebrew, a spirit of sadness. David played the harp, and the spirit left him. So worship and praise can also deliver you. Praise God. So may you be free from uh, the squatters that squat your life. From all the Hivites. The Hivite that tried to, tries to uh, squat on your property. Blessings. Just descend them. Say in Jesus' name, you cannot, ha- you cannot have a hold over my life and, and my family. Yeah. Don't celebrate the power of Satan. Use the name of Jesus to deal with it once and for all. And you are free. Whether your finances, whether your health, whether your peace. There's this daughter of mine, spiritual daughter. She was going to get married. Okay. Everything was fine. But all of a sudden, just a day or two before the engagement, there was just a problem. There was, there was a problem. There was just a disturbance. They were saying that no, it will not happen. It will not happen. Uh, a minister of God came in. It will not happen. So many things. Unnecessary argument. She called me with tears. That this is what is happening. I said, don't worry. Okay. Hold on. Give me five minutes. I'm coming. It was on phone. And I went to do what I can do best. I said, in the name of Jesus. All you evil spirit, demonic spirit, hovering, maneuvering. <laughs> over this marriage, right now, in that place. I command you, you know, there's no distance in the realm of the spirit, to stop your maneuvering now, in Jesus' name. And I said, peace be still. When I called back in five minutes, he said, Daddy, something has just happened. They are all quiet and they've all agreed. I, I don't even know what, what is happening. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes there is a disturbance in your area. Unnecessary disturbance. You can get to your room and declare peace. No, the demons stop up. Let them stop maneuvering. There are spirits handling all of these things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, it's amazing. <laughs> See, demons, eh, they are unemployed. So anything negative, they try to employ themselves with it. <laughs> so the tap not flowing. <laughs> yeah. It, once you design it, deal with it. Yeah. Someone had toothache. It was actually a spirit. Now, you can also go to that other way. Uh, to you, everything is a spirit. No, it's just not correct. There were some people like that. Even if I walk in, they, 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 they would stand there and say, oh, we know the spirit troubling this lady. Hey. <laughs> One day I went to pray somewhere and there was some insect crying in the, in the night. The prayer leader said, Hey, they are here. They have come. This was secondary school. And we're afraid. I said, The spiritual chief priest. <laughs> so some overemphasize to them everything is demonic. So you just have to design. Hallelujah. All right. <laughs> you see, the parasite. It's the parasite. The parasite. Now, parasite actually actually means unwalled villages. 
literally unworld villages. Unworld. On, on it, it, it speaks of defenselessness, helplessness, something that is without wall, vulnerability. Vulnerability, helplessness, defenselessness, the sense of not being protected, the sense of being alone. The sense of being alone. Uh-huh. Depression is part. You see, a sense of not being protected, being defenseless, being vulnerable, being alone, being helpless. When you're in depression, that's your state. Now, if when Nehemiah came back to Israel, the first thing he did was to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. Because when you are on world, you are, you are defenseless. Anyone can come in to attack you. To attack you. And having that vulnerability, having that defenselessness, vulnerability, depression, anxiety, worried, you have no sense of care. I see the Lord is not holding you. But no. Isaiah 40 verse 11. Isaiah 40 verse 11. Look at what is said about the Lord. This is about Jesus. The Bible says, He shall feed his flock like a shepherd. He shall gather the lambs with his arm. See, when you are sleeping, Jesus gathers you in his arm. Yeah. Eh, eh, eh. Whom shall you be afraid of? You are in his arm. So whenever you are sleeping, see yourself in Jesus' Jesus's arm. And carry them in his bosom. You are in his bosom. And shall gently lead those which are, which are with young, pregnant mothers. So if you are a pregnant woman, Jesus is leading you. Because you, you are with young. So this is a sense of his care, his love, and his protection. That's it. His care, his love, his protection. But anyone who lives in worry... And depression has a sense of defenselessness, has a sense that he, God is not caring for him. And, and that can be very dangerous. Oh, there's a puppy here. Nice one. I could have used it for illustration. <laughs> First Peter 3, First Peter 2. Oh, sorry. First Peter 5, verse 8. Be sober, be vigilant. Now let's start from verse 7. Casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. You see, all that you care for, all your cares, whether it is marital, financial, relationship, job, cast all your cares upon him, for he what? He cares for you. If you don't do that, you know what will happen? The next verse. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil is the adversary. The word is antidikos, a prosecuting attorney who vehemently opposes the accused. Satan is a lawyer. As a roaring lion walketh about seeking whom, whom he may devour. Now, who is the one he devours? The one who is full of care. Seeking whom? Whom is he seeking to devour? In context, verse 7, the one who is full of cares and worries. Now, if you are full of worries and care, you are just the target of the devil to devour you. 
Yeah. Actually, when you live in worry, you can't receive much from the from, you can't receive from God. And a man of God told a story. He said he saw himself there, and he saw the seven golden candlestick, the, the menorah, the, the lampstand. Oil was the, the one in Zechariah chapter four. Oil was flowing through pipes, golden oil, and they were all coming to him. A lot of them. One was mar- marriage, marital blessing. So the oil was just flowing to him. The other one was finances. The other one was uh, children, parenting, uh, blessing over his children. The other one was ministry. Uh, I mean, different channels of blessing. So he said they were all coming up, flowing to him, the oil. And he was just happy. His life was full of blessings, health, prosperity. Then he began to worry about his children. In a vision, he was worrying, worrying. As he was worrying, that pipe that has the blessing for his children, it just got dried. And the flow stopped. And when he began worrying about his health, the flow, the tube that had health on it, it stopped flowing. So the very areas you are worried, there is no flow of grace. The areas you are never worried, there is blessing. If like, if you are worried about your finances, you have trouble there. If you are worried about your health, you have trouble there. Wherever you are worried, there is a flow. There is a stop. The, the flow gets stopped. Stop. There is an impediment. Hallelujah. So always know that you are cared for. You are not defenseless. You are cared for. Know that you, he loves you. Never think you are alone. Yeah. Don't go and sit somewhere under a tree and cry. I have no mother. I have no father. I have no sister. I have no uncle. I, oh, me. Oh, why? Why? Hallelujah. It, it, it can lead you into introspection, into self-pity, so many things. Depression and all that. And that alone defeats your inheritance. If you are worried, you will not see your inheritance. So, defeat all the parasites in your life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. The next one. The Gilgashite. Now, who are the Gilgashite? Gilgashite literally means those who dwell in clay. Yeah, dwellers in clay. It means to wallow in clay. Dwellers in clay or to wallow in clay. So Gilgashite actually speak of those who live in the flesh. Those who live in the flesh. Yeah. <laughs> those who live in the flesh. Uh-huh. So everything is yours, but now, so God says you have to overcome like Gilgashite. And Gilgashite means dwellers in clay. Dwellers in clay. It means those who wallow in clay. Uh-huh. You know, our body is from clay. We are made of clay. So it actually means those who live in the flesh. You know what it means to live in the flesh? To live by the senses. To live by the senses. The Bible says we walk by faith and not by sight. 
But the real mean, meaning is we walk by faith and not by the senses. Yeah. To understand this one more, get the message that we preached in Takrade. Uh, faith sees what God sees. That will explain the Gergashite more. Uh-huh. Many believers walk in the flesh. Now, there's a difference between flesh and the works of the flesh. They are different. Flesh speaks of walking in the senses, walking by what you see, by what you feel. By what you see, by what you feel. For instance, you wake up in the morning and you feel feverish. You feel pain. And you go like, oh, I'm sick. You have signed to your sickness. You've established it. Uh-huh. Because the Bible says that they that observe lying vanities forsake their own mercies. So you are observing lying vanities. What you are feeling, so the voice of your feeling and the voice of God's word, which one will you obey? Will you heed to the voice of his word? So you, you are feeling feverish, but that's not you. Uh-huh. The Bible says if you, live, if you live in the senses, you will die. So if you live by your feeling, you will die. You, don't live, you are not your feeling. Uh-huh. You, you are not your feeling. You wake up in the morning, you are down, you are depressed. Uh-huh. And you go like, oh, I'm down today. You have signed to your, to your downment, in quotes. <laughs> you have, that's my own English. You, you sound, you, you've signed to it. If you wake up in the morning and someone is at your gate with a, a bag of snakes, rattlesnakes, and says, oh, this is your package. Just sign and we'll, we'll deliver to you. Wow, snakes, will, will you sign? Uh-huh. I like the way, and me, never. In the same way, when you wake up and you are feeling feverish, don't sign to it. To say, oh, this sickness has come again. You have by your lips, sign to it. It has become yours. Yeah, you are living by the senses. Many believers live by the senses. They that are, they that are in the flesh cannot please God. Uh-huh. For the mind of the flesh is enmity to God. For it is not subject to the law of God. The law of God is the word of God. It is not subject to the word of God. So, what you feel, now if you don't know this, you cannot I- improve in your life. Uh-huh. What, you, you, the feeling of condemnation. The feeling of depression. The feeling of sadness. The feeling of boredomness. The feeling of hatred. Irritation, even last. All these feelings come by you are not your feelings. The Bible says the old man is dead. According to faith, the old man is dead. According to your senses, the old man is alive. <laughs> but when these feelings come, no, it's, not, it's not you. You are a new creation. <laughs> it's, it's not me. This feeling is, is dead. It's not me. Whilst don't endorse it, don't accept it. It's a mirage. It's a farce. It's a delusion. It's not you. You are a new creation in Christ. Don't sign to it. Don't respond to it. And live your life in Christ. Don't live by the senses. What you see. And some of you, you are blaming God for a car. Because two years, the car has not come. Hey. Oh. Hey. When, 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 when? You are living in the flesh. You are living by the senses. Abraham, God called him the father of many nations. The name Abraham means the father of many nations. He had no son to prove. But he was always walking. The father of many nations. He walked in that reality. The father of many nations. So although you are not married, you don't even have a boyfriend or a girlfriend. Say thank you Jesus. Have a wonderful marriage. 
My marriage is blessed. Yeah. Maybe there is still coin in your pocket. You have to say, I am dusted. I'm wealthy. Money follows me everywhere. Meanwhile, if someone asks you of, of 20 Ghana, you cannot even give the pay. Even 10 cities is a problem. But we work by faith, not by sight. Uh-huh. So there are some people, when they see their friends making it and they have not made it, they think they are behind. No, 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 no. More are the children of the desolate, desolate woman than the children of the married wife. No, 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 no. No. Ah. Hagar and Sarah, who had the child first? But does that mean Hagar was more blessed than Sarah? No, 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 no. Someone being blessed more than you doesn't mean he's blessed more than you. Yeah, so see as God sees. Maybe you have one shoe. See your room full of shoes. Yeah. See yourself giving to the poor. See yourself helping orphanages. See yourself that you are sending a check that will build an, a whole auditorium for love economy. Yeah. That is faith. It's not by what you see. What you have, what you don't have. No, 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 no. no. If you are limited by that, you forfeit your inheritance. Uh-huh. So I'm Abraham. Abraham means father of many nations. That there's nothing to, to prove. There's nothing to show. Don't worry if you have no house on your own. Even renting a place is, a, is, is difficult. Don't worry. <laughs> ah, you know who you are. <laughs> Walk as so. Praise God. You are, you are feeling sick. It's a lie. Ah, ah, so the voice of your flesh, your feeling, and the voice of God's word, which is true. So it, it, it's a battle. I'm feeling it. No. No, Jesus paid for me. By his stripes, I'm healed. Thank you, Lord. And sometimes after that confession, the sickness increases. Yeah. You know why? That is even the proof that you are healed. Yeah. Satan, Satan is, you know what he's doing? He's so angry, he wants to show you that your, your confession is not true. So he's magnifying it to get you discouraged. And some of you get discouraged and say, hmm, this thing, hmm. Oh. <laughs> so we, we, don't, we are not dwellers in clay. We don't dwell in the flesh. Uh-huh. Walk as you see. Walk dignified. God told Abraham, whatever you see, all that you see, I've given to you. So what do you see? As far as you can see. Look, I see some of you, you buy buses for this ministry. Yeah, you buy buses for this ministry. You, you buy buses. Wonderful buses for this ministry. Yeah. Marubakaya, Ah, it's going to happen. Hallelujah. Please sit down. Please sit down. Otherwise, I won't finish. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Where are we? Is it Amorite? The next one. Amorite. So, you have to also overcome the Amorite in your inheritance. Now the word Amorite is from the word Amar. Amar means to say. Now Amorite means say yes. Say yes. And it's from the word Amar, A-M-A-R, which means to say. 
But Adia here speaks of negative speaking. Negative speaking or negative confession. That's it. I'm all right. <laughs> Have you seen that all of this is, is, is in the Bible when it comes to inheritance? Yeah. Amal. Negative speakers. Negative speaking. Negative confession. Yeah. So if you speak negatively, you are destroying your inheritance. <laughs> There's this guy. His name is a Bible name. In school, he was called Amishadai. Amishadai. Amishadai means the people of the Almighty. But the guy, whenever he meets someone, then he will say, Amishadai, he will say, I wish I die. <laughs> yeah. And he will say his own name. So he was just joking. I wish I die. I wish I die. Like he was making fun. Let me show you something. Ecclesiastes 5. Ecclesiastes 5. Look at verse 5. Verse 6. Suffer not thy mouth to cause thy flesh to sin. Neither said thou before the angel that it was an error. Wherefore should God be angry at thy voice and destroy the work of thine hands? Now, angels respond to what you say. They, 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 don't, they, they don't make any difference between you joking and you not joking. Yeah, if you are joking, joke in context. Okay. <laughs> you know? <laughs> don't joke and speak words out of context. Uh-huh. So, when you meet, you say, I wish I die. I wish I die. He didn't complete school, he died. Yeah. He didn't complete school, he died. Yeah. <laughs> he could have said, Oh, the people of the Almighty. Aha. Uh-huh. See, death and life. Death and life is not in the power of Satan. Death and life is in the power of the tongue. So you determine it yourself. I, I, last day, I told a, a story of a woman. She married, and the husband asked her. So if I die, what will you do? So forget it. The day you die, I will also die. Three years into the marriage, she died. The husband died. He came to tell her that the husband was dead. She said, if I don't see the dead body, I wouldn't believe it. She sat in a car, went back to the accident scene. On the way back, there were five in a car. She was the only one who died. Yeah, she signed her own death warrant when she said, the day you die, I will also die. Numbers 14, verse 28. Numbers 14, 28. You see, this is why the Israelites couldn't enter the promised land. When the spies, the ten came to tell them negative things, they were saying so many negative things. Hey, this one, dear, we are like grasshoppers, so God has brought us here to die, you hey, whole negative things. And this, this was God's reply. Say unto them, as truly as I live, saith the Lord, as ye have spoken in my ears, so will I do to you. So all that they were, all their negative confessions, God says it was in my ears. So will I do. <laughs> and all of them died in the desert. The next verse, they, they, that generation died. Hmm. God says what you have said. So they couldn't enter the promised land because of their, what they said. So this, this, this was, Joshua was very smart. 
Now, when Joshua took over the leadership from Moses, when they were entering the promised land, they had to face Jericho. Joshua sent two spies. And learned his lesson. Moses sent 12. Two were correct, 10 were not correct. So he realized... <laughs> So he realized that, Charlie, the, 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 the masses would, would do nothing. They would consult themselves and come and bring discouragement. So quickly, he took two. Uh-huh. He knew that two would work. Because he and Caleb, it worked for them. So the two went as spies. Now when they got to Jericho, the walls were huge. Six chariots can run on top of the walls. Now you know what Joshua told the people? They were, none of them were permitted to speak for six days. So they're going around the wall. You know why? They, couldn't, they were not allowed to speak for six days. Because Joshua knew that it was their mouth that disinherited them. <laughs> so this time around, so all your negative thought is here. It dies unborn. You know, it dies unborn. And while they are walking around the wall, they are only hearing the sound of the ram's horn. So the priest with the ark, you are just sounding a ram. You, you can't speak, but you are just hearing. You know the ram? The horn, they were blowing the ram's horn. The horn, now to have a horn means the ram is dead. Yeah. You cannot have the horn if, horn if the ram is alive. Uh-huh. So the horn speaks of the death of the ram. Christ is our bent offering. Christ is the ram who died. The ram is the sounding of his death, the proclamation of the finished work of Christ. That the ram is dead. So, you know what? When you are in trouble, when you are in pain, when you are undergoing a crisis, shut your mouth. Don't say anything negative. Give yourself to hearing sermons concerning the finished work of Christ. And as you are hearing, just keep your mouth shut. And as you are hearing, faith is tearing up in your heart. Faith is tearing up in your heart. Faith is tearing up in your heart. On the seventh day, they shouted and the world came down. So they had to shout out. This is a principle. Because most people, so you can just imagine, the first day, nothing happened. Second day, third day. If they were allowed to speak, you know what would have happened? Because look at the walls, how big they were. In the same place that the, the, the spies got there and they got discouraged, they said that the walls were up to heaven. That's what they said. Hey. <laughs> you know, they exaggerated. Aha. Uh-huh. So it was the same place. So this time around, all your destinies in your head, everything. If you were allowed to speak, these guys, God would have destroyed them. So now everything is in your head. Hmm. And, 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 and you see, the, the ridiculous thing was that the Jer- look, men of Jericho were at the wall mocking them. Oh, these guys, what are they doing? You don't even have weapons. So they'll be insulting them, mocking them. It was hard to take. But the command is that don't speak. Look, I'm sure they were mad with Joshua. They were mad. At- <laughs> what kind of direction is it? And, and the whole city, the pain of walking around and nothing happening. Six days. Six days. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> I, I'm telling you, you may. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yeah. So, watch what you say. Watch what you say. Uh-huh. Negative speaking will prevent your inheritance. Negative speaking. Just have to speak right. Speak right. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There was a man by name Charles Caps. Man of faith. I mean, he has preached about confessing the word than any human being I know. <laughs> it's amazing. Uh-huh. Confessing the word. Confessing the word. He said one day, he asked the Lord. He looked back to his life and realized that the blessing that he was experiencing years ago was, it was quite more than what he was experiencing in, in, presently in his life. So he asked the Lord that, why is this happening? It's, it's like, I'm not blessed like before. He said, the Holy Ghost spoke to him. The Holy Ghost said, you have backed off from the confession of the word. You have backed off from confessing the word. The mistake people do is that they wait when they are in trouble and they confess the word. When they are sick and they confess health, when they are broke and they confess wealth, it's wrong. Because see, when you're not feeling well, I'm healed, I'm healed. Sometimes the faith is not even there. And, and you confess it, hey, I'm healed. Hmm. Hey, I'm healed. Am I really healed? You know, so the best time to confess health is when you are healthy. The best time to confess wealth is when you are wealthy. Peace is when you are at peace. Confess and confess and speak the word. I'm telling you. It should be part of your life. He says you have backed off from confessing the word. Everything you confess the word, though, that's a victory. It's a victory. That's a victory. Confess it. Speak into your marriage. Speak into your health. Yeah. Before every month begins, I speak into my ministry. I speak into my work with God. I speak into my Bible studies. I speak into my meditation. Can you imagine? I speak into my, I speak into my prayer. <laughs> I speak to my family. All my children, children I speak to them in, into their lives. I speak into my health. I speak into <laughs> my wealth. I speak into my giving. <laughs> I'm telling you. I speak, I speak, I speak. Aha. Uh-huh. And if, if, if you are a son of mine in the Lord, I also speak to your life. <laughs> yeah, you just have to speak. Yeah. And I'm not saying it's just a month. It should be part of your life. Speaking. Speaking. That's the way out. Yeah. yeah. That's what Jesus told Hagen that all failure is faith failure. All failure come in, comes in when my people refuse to meditate and confess the word. That's what Jesus told Hagen. Meditate and confess the word. All failure is here. All right. The Amorite. So we overcome wrong confessions and negative speaking. Jesus is the high priest of the confession. Yeah. No confession, no high priest. High priest of your confession. If you don't confess, your high priest is idle. 
he waits for, he doesn't have a job, he waits for words from you. Then he acts on your behalf. I'm alright. Negative speaking. You are confessing your death. Confessing. <laughs> All right. The Jebusite. The Jebusite. The Jebusite. The name Jebusite means. Number one, it means humiliation. Humiliation. It means shame. Humiliation. And it means shame. And then it means the feeling of being small. Yeah. The feeling of being small. Uh-huh. Seeing yourself small. And feeling, feeling yourself small. And walking in humiliation and shame. That's Jebusite. Numbers 13 verse 33. Now look at this. And there we saw the giant. Now the ten spies. The sons of Anak. Which come of the giant. And we were in our own sight as grasshoppers. We were in our own sight as grasshoppers. And so were we in their sight. How you see yourself is how others see you. He said, we were in our own sight as what grasshoppers, and so were we. And so we were in their sight. So how you see yourself actually is how others will see you. So he said, we were as grasshoppers. Grasshoppers. So how do you see yourself? Who are you? It has to do with your inheritance. How do you see yourselves? Who are you? Do you see yourself as a weak worm of the dust? How do you see yourself? We ask grasshoppers. In James, the book of James, chapter 1, verse 21. 22. The next verse. Right. Be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. There are people who are deceiving their own selves. This word is a different Greek word. It's the word paralogizomai. Literally, it means misreckoning yourselves. Don't misreckon yourselves. To misreckon is to misappropriate the fact. Is to say 2 plus 2 is not 4. 2 plus 2 is 22. It's to say 1 plus 1 is not 2. 1 plus 1 is 11. 3 plus 3 is not 6. It's 33. Uh-huh. You are misreckoning the fact. It's to go to the bank, uh, to the bank and uh, it is to give 1,000 Ghana, 10,000 Ghana to the teller and the teller puts 1,000 Ghana into your account. Parallel is misreckoning the fact. Yeah, you know what's happening? He's saying that the reason why people cannot even do the word of God is because they misappropriate who they are in Christ. Aha. Uh-huh. So, do you know who you are in Christ? You are a new creation. You are kings, priests. Oh, 
How do you see yourself? Yes. How you see yourself even affect your walk and, and your talk. We reign in life. How do you see yourself? As grasshoppers? Or, or as new creation? Or as the righteousness of God in Christ? Praise God. Yeah. So who you are to yourself matters. And the image you have from your, about yourself must come from the word. Must come from the word. Don't misreckon yourself. You know what it means? You look into the mirror of the word and you say, oh, wealth is mine. Everything is mine. You know, I'm the seed of Abraham. The word is my inheritance. And you go to your shop or to your, your work and people are complaining about the economy. And you go like, hey, Charlie, life has become hard. Life is difficult. Uh-huh. You are what? Misreckoning yourself. Yeah. You just declared that you are a heavenly citizen. Uh-huh. You declared your wealth, but now you have joined with the citizens of this world, confessing their lack. You are misreckoning yourself. <laughs> yeah. We don't talk like that. Yeah, yeah. We don't speak like that. Uh-huh. You just confess your health in Christ. And you go and they talk, the doctor is talking about the sickness, and you go like, this thing one day, one day killed me. Yeah. This thing is. is uh-huh. So you are misreckoning yourself. Uh-huh. So how you see yourself is directly related to your inheritance. Praise God. Hallelujah. Yeah. If you get a message in Tadi, I spoke about a new creation. How you should see yourself. Behold. All things have become new. And when you know who you are, you can access your inheritance. I'm telling you. You know what it means to be kings. Where the word of the king is, there is power. Yeah. The Bible says we are priests. Deuteronomy says, by the word of the priest shall every controversy and assault be settled. That's the revelation by which I said, peace be still. When they nearly wanted to cancel the engagement. Because by the word of the priest, Every controversy will be settled. And I'm royal priesthood. So when I speak, controversy must, must be settled. I know who I am. Praise God. Hallelujah. Especially when you know you are the righteousness of God in Christ. You are done. You are done. You are done. Because when you say, I am the righteousness of God in Christ, all have no response. Your angels are activated. Because you know what? You are, you are activating the covenant. Hmm. When they were in Egypt, they never called on God. They sighed. And when they sighed, God heard it. And God went down to deliver them from the Egyptian slavery. When you confess the covenant, I am the righteousness of God. You know what it means? You are saying that God is entitled to treat me as he would have treated treated Christ if Christ was in my situation. Because he took your place, you are in his place. If Christ is... Can Jesus have, have an accident? Can Jesus be broke? Aha. Uh-huh. So as he is, so am I. <laughs> yeah. How you see yourself is very important. It is related to your inheritance. Praise God. Hallelujah. 
and the, the word also means shame and humiliation. The thing that gives us the greatest shame is guilt and condemnation. And that deprives you from your inheritance. Matthew 26. This is my last verse. Matthew 26, verse 28. Now, from 27, and he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to, to them, saying, Drink ye all of it. He took the cup. Say the cup. Now, in the Bible, cup stands for inheritance. Cup stands for inheritance. Psalm 16, verse 5. The Lord is my cup. He's the portion of my inheritance. The Lord is the portion of my inheritance and of my cup. Thou maintainest my lot. So cup stands for inheritance. Okay. So Jesus took the cup in Matthew 26, verse 27. And uh, he gave thanks. And he said, For this is my blood of the New Testament. Say testament. So he took the cup and said, This is the blood of the New Testament. You know, testament deals with inheritance. Is there anyone here who maybe your father died and they left a will for you? Is there anyone here like that? Okay, all your fathers are alive. Okay, your father died. Did okay, that means your father died intestate. Your father died. <laughs> your father died intestate, not a testator. Intestate means no will. A testator means he left a will. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, a testator means there was a will. So you have the properties in your name, the cars in your name. Okay. Jesus died as a testator. He said, the cup is a cup of the testament. Hmm. So, the New Testament is that he died as a testator. And all that he has, he willed it to you. He willed it to you. So the cup is the inheritance. is the proof of your inheritance. But this is what he said. He said, for this is that my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. What it means is that the only thing that stands between you and the inheritance is the remission of your sins. But the cup is for remission of sins. What it means is that the remission of sins is the removal of your sins. The remission of sins, it took your sins away for you to have access to the inheritance. Hallelujah. So the blood, the blood is the receipt of the payment of your sins. Because the blood is a ransom price. Uh-huh. So when you are taking the communion, the blood is not for the remembrance of sins. The, bl- the blood is for the remission of sins. Remission means your sins are gone forever. It has been removed. Total removal. Okay. So, the cup, the communion cup, becomes the symbol of your receipt of the payment of your sins. It's a proof that your sins are gone forever and you are partaking of your inheritance in the testament. The testator, the will he left you, the cup is a proof that your sins are gone. Whenever you take the communion cup and you, you say, I have sinned, you are insulting the blood. To say you have, to say you have sinned, and you are guilty is to drink unworthily. But the church has changed it. 
But this, this is it. The blood is a, is a receipt that your sons have been paid. But then you are saying that you are holding the receipt and you are saying your sons are not paid. So it is pretense, it is hypocrisy, is that not so? You are saying your sons are not paid. No, my sons are not paid. Uh, I'm, I'm owing, I'm owing. Uh, but you are, holding, you are holding the receipt. So nothing happens to you. But the devil has changed it. That is why whenever you take the communion, it's for your remembrance that your sons are gone forever. You never meet your sons again. They are gone forever. You never meet them again. The blood is an eternal receipt that your sins are gone. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So there is no humiliation again. There is no shame. There is now therefore no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. And the word no condemnation, the Greek says there is now therefore not one condemnation <laughs> against those who are in Christ Jesus. The Greek says not one. Every judgment is gone. It's gone. Uh-huh. So there is no humiliation. So don't walk in shame. Don't walk in guilt. Because those who walk in shame and guilt, they walk in, begin to walk in sin consciousness, and sin consciousness will cause you to even live in sin. And now sin now becomes a bondage. But when you live in freedom, that your sins are gone, that is how you can be free to live for God in His glory. So your shame is gone. Hallelujah. What it means is that Jebusite is gone. Hallelujah. So, there are seven ites we have to deal with. (laughs) Beginning from the Canaanites to the Jebusites. Which ites are you facing with? (laughs) Is it the Perizzites? Or the Amorites? Or the Perizzites? Or the Gilgashites? Which of the ites? Hallelujah. So when we deal with these, we can walk in our inheritance. It's true. God is not a lie. Because you see, you know the word is waiting for us. The endless expectation of the creature are waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. Creation is waiting for us. You have no idea. They are not waiting for the politicians or for the government of Ghana. There is corruption everywhere, but they are waiting for the manifestation, not of the Son of God, but the sons of God. And the word, the endless expectation, the word is apokaradokia. The creation is waiting with stretched neck, tiptoeing. Are they coming? Are they coming? Look. The homeless children in Tamil are waiting for your manifestation. Yeah. The poor on the street are waiting for your manifestation. Yeah. Those at the mental institute, they are waiting for your manifestation. The unloved are waiting for your manifestation. Yeah. So, when we take our place as a seed of Abraham, say, I'm the seed of Abraham. The day you have this revelation, <laughs> you walk in heaven on earth. You know, because in Genesis 22, when God told Abraham about his seed, you know what he said? We are the seed. Your seed shall possess the gate of death of their enemies. You know what it means? And we are the seed. That means, automatically, naturally, we possess the gate of our enemies. That means we are, you, you will always win. 
That means there is nothing your enemy can do and be against you. Nothing your enemy... The gate is where decisions are made. No decision of hell or of your enemies can ever prevail against you. And, and another time he said, In thy seed shall all nations be blessed. We are the seed of Abraham. So we are blessers of nations. Look, you are applying a job to a company and they don't take you. Who is that lost? They, not you. Because you are the seed. You are a blesser of nations. So by his seed, nations shall be blessed. That's why, look, American government one time went to borrow money from John D. Rockefeller. America borrowed money from a person. One man. Mokaru Masata. Yeah. Money has been in the wrong hands for a long time. But creation is waiting for the manifestation. The, son, the seed of Abraham. The seed of Abraham. To wipe away the tears of widows. And of the helpless. To advance the gospel. No, we've, we've, we've gone beyond selfishness. It's not for us. And when, when they get the money, they realize that it's not, it's not about you at all. Well, those who think money is for them, they get picked at a lower level. They can't go beyond. Oh, we are blessers of nations. Nations. Praise God. And, and we are talking about all-round success. Not that you have money, but your health is breaking down. Not that you have money, but your marriage is failing. Not that you have money, but you have no time for your kids. The scripture will give you all-round victory. The Bible calls it good success. That is our heritage forever. Praise God. Marubakataya. We will come to here and cast our pack all over. And it, all over. No place to park. And it's, and it's even nothing to you at that time. Nothing to you at that time. That's a portion. Lift up your voice and begin to take your place. Marubakataya kete bakata. There are orphanages that are waiting for you. Orphanages. Families are waiting for you. Your family is waiting for your manifestation. God bless you for listening. We pray that the word of God will be rooted and grounded in your heart as you give attention to the word. Kindly follow Pastor T and Love Economy Church on all social networks for more of God's word. Don't forget to subscribe to the Pastor T podcast. Simply search for Pastor T on any podcast app, plug in and enjoy God's word. Visit our website at loveeconomychurch.org for more information. God bless.